just for waking us this morning. Hallelujah. And we have the use of every limb of our body. Amen. Hallelujah. We are in our right minds. Praise God. Uh, let us look to the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We praise you. We honor you. We thank you for this day that you have made, Father, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it, Lord God. We thank you for your word on today, God. Father, I ask you to break up the follow grounds of our hearts that your word will be sown on good ground, Lord God. Father, I ask you, Lord God, that you will have your way in this place, oh God, that you will move up and down the aisles and move through the seats, oh God. Send your word, God, that we won't leave here the same, oh God. Change our hearts, God. Change our minds, oh God. Change our walk and change our talk, oh God. In the name of Jesus, Father, we give you all the glory for who you are, God. Just because you are our God. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Glory to your name, Father. Now, Father, open unto me a door of utterance, O God, that I may speak the mysteries of Christ, Lord God, and that I may speak them as I ought to, Lord, and that manifestations shall take place in Jesus' name. Can we say amen? Amen. amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask you to rest on your feet as we read the word of the Lord. Amen. And honor his word. Hallelujah. I give honor to the Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to go to 1 Peter, the fourth chapter, verses 12 through 14. Amen. If you have your Bibles, I need you to read it with me so you'll know I didn't write it. It was already written. Hallelujah. 1 Peter, the fourth chapter, verses 12 to 14. You have it, say amen. You need more time, say wait on me. Amen. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trials which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice, inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. Verse 14, if ye are reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part he, he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. Amen. And we know that the word of the Lord is blessed. And I want to take for a thought today, buckle up and ride it out. Can you tell your neighbor, buckle up and ride it out? Amen. You may take your seats. Praise God. I give honor to my husband and pastor, Pastor Michael Haynes. Amen. Healing Through the Word International Ministries and Worship Center. Praise God. I give honor to the angels of this house, Pastor John and Pastor Leslie, amen. I thank God for the opportunity that was given to me last night to come in before God's people this morning. Amen. God is a good God. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. So as I read this text and I was studying, you know, he says, God 
that has the sovereign disposal of us has determined it to be our lot that all that will live godly in Christ Jesus should suffer persecution. And he, God, that has the sovereign command over us, has determined this to be our duty, that all that will be Christ's disciples must take up their cross and follow him. When we gave up, when we gave our names to Jesus Christ, that means when we came into the fellowship and we accepted him as Lord of our life, amen, it was when we agreed to pick up our cross and follow him. When we sat down and counted up the cost, as some would say, it was what we counted up on. So that if tribulation and persecution arise because of the word, it is but what we had notice of before we made the counted up the cost. The matter is fixed. It is unalterable. It is the lot of the leaders in Christ's army as well as of the soldiers. In other words, this thing is fixed. And we can't change it. So what we must do is buckle up and ride it out. Amen. So when life gets really difficult, don't jump to the conclusion that God isn't on his job. Amen. We must maintain the right attitude when going through, and we know that word through means in and out. Amen. When we're going through our trials, because at the end of the trial, at the end, as we say, of that tunnel is light. Amen. So we're prepared for what comes our way. So I want to discuss five Christian attitudes towards trials and tribulations. One is we should expect them. Two, we should glory in them. Three, we should have patience in them. Four, we should be joyful in them. And five, we should overcome them. Amen. So as we look at the word Peter, 1 Peter 4 and, 4 and 13, 4 and 12, he says, don't be bewildered or surprised when you go through the fiery trials ahead, for this is not strange, it's not unusual thing that is going to happen to you. Why? Because the word of God already said that it would happen. Amen. So when I look at this, I was looking at uh, the difference between tribulation and trial. Tribulation is an adversity. It's a trying period, or as some of us say, I'm going through a trying time or an event. While a trial is an opportunity to test something or test something out, it's a test. Praise God. So trial is a hardship or a temptation that tests our faith. So now let us look at the, the attitudes that we should have or we should maintain when we're going through our trials and tribulation. Number one, we should expect them. As you look at 1 Peter, 1 Peter, the first chapter, verse 7, and I'm going to read it from the Amplified. It says, so that the genuineness of your faith may be tested. Your faith, which is infinitely more precious than the perishable gold, which is tested and purified by fire. This proving of your faith is intended to redound to your praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, is revealed. 
So you can imagine those that know that how gold goes through the fire and then it comes out purified. Amen. And so that's how God wants us with our faith. I know we have people here that are dealing with issues, a lot of issues, and some of us may be dealing with uh, addictions and, and hurt and things of that nature. But we have to trust God in all of that. I have found out there are people that have these things, these addictions or uh, things that they go through, and they truly love God. But it's a struggle. And we have to get to a place where we trust God to bring us out. So like with my husband, I used to tell him, I said, when we deal with people with addiction, I said, well, why can't they just say no? Because it's not that simple. So I've never been addicted to things like that or a smoke of cigarettes or uh, alcoholic or drink, but I was addicted to the ice cream because I was having it every day. And if I could, I might have it, you know, twice a day. But it was something that I wanted. And that's how it is with us with other addictions. And we just look at what we can see from the outer appearance from people. But you got things going on on the inside because you hid in the closet and you ain't came out the closet yet. So we want to judge what we see from other people from the outer appearance. When some of us got something going on on the inside. So come on out your closet just because we can't see you. Amen. So when you're going through things, we got to get to a place where we have to learn how to cast all our cares on God because he cares for us. He's our healer and he's our deliverer. And that's why he said cast them on him. Amen. The afflictions and sorrows of good people are but for a little while. They are but for a season. What you're going through is only for a season. So don't get stuck. Come on out. It's only for a season. And it's for your upbuilding in the things of God. Though they be smart, they are but short. Great heaviness is often necessary to a Christian's good. God does not afflict his people willingly, but acts with judgment and proportion to our, new, our needs. God knows our needs. He said he wouldn't put no more on us than we can bear. So he knows what we need to go through at the time we need to go through it. If you look at 1 Peter verse 1 and 6, he said, You should be exceedingly glad on this account. Through now for a little, though for now for a little while, you may be distressed by trials and suffer temptations. We must go through this. As Paul said, I must go through Samaria. These trials that we go through, we must go through them. It's already been set up. It's already been accounted for as our portion. Amen. When we look at the next character that we should maintain when going through, we should glory in it. What do you mean glory in it? Have joy in it? Yes. And not only, but we glory in tribulation, also knowing that tribulation worketh patience. So we can rejoice when we run into problems and trials, but we know that they are good for us. They help us learn to be patient. Why would I glory in something that's going through that's causing me pain or sorrow? 
Because when you get that new car, you know how you're so happy with it. I got a new car. You're rejoicing then. But get into a car accident in that new car. Your continence will change. Your spirit will change. But that's not what God wants. That's not where he wants us to be. He wants us to maintain that joy in whatever state we're in. Amen. Our tribulations do not hinder our rejoicing. I notice how some can rejoice when they get the new things and they get all excited. But when things don't go our way, our continents change. And some of us change towards God when going through something. Me and my husband was away last month in, in the Dominican Republic. And, you know, we had the leaders and uh, ministers in charge at the ministry. And we got a call the second day we were away. And one of them saying, I'm leaving the church. I'm gone. And so my husband said, okay, uh, I'll talk to you when I get back. And I was saying, don't call him. Let the Holy Spirit minister to him. You're going to leave God's house, stop fellowshipping with the pastor and the ministry. And the pastor wasn't even there. He don't even know what happened. But you done got mad at somebody, and you're going to leave. And I'm not saying that you're going to leave God. If you ever leave a ministry, that's, that's fine of God telling you to leave, but don't leave God. He ain't did nothing to you. And that's what we do. We get mad. We leave God. Somebody that stepped on your foot probably don't even know they stepped on your foot. And the Bible tells us if you got to oh, go to that person. Don't waddle in it, fall down and faint and having a pity party and acting like a baby. We got to get to a place of maturity in the things of God. And so when these trials and tribulations come, they're to build you up. Because each trial will get you through to the next one. You know, you may not start off with some of the trials we've had. Some of the stuff that we have went through. I know y'all wouldn't have been able to handle it. Wouldn't have been able to handle it. Amen. We done went through some things that when your back is up against the wall, can't nobody do nothing but God. All you can do is look to the hills from whence cometh your help, knowing that all of your help comes from the Lord. Amen. God don't want us always putting our trust in man and looking to man. He said, look to him. Amen. He's the author and he's the finisher of our faith. Amen. So tell your neighbor to buckle up and ride it out. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. This leads me to my next attitude that we should display when we're going through trials and tribulations. We should have patience in it. Now, you know, patience is a, a hard thing from some people. They, they don't have patience with nobody. Not only do they have not patience with the things that they have to deal with, they don't have patience with you and nobody else. Amen? But that's not where God wants us. He wants us to have patience. If we look at Romans 12, 12, he says, Be glad, for all God is planning for you. Be patient in trouble and prayerful always. Don't quit in hard times. Amen. Don't give up in hard times. That's the time to run towards God, not from God. Hallelujah. Let's look at the next character we should display. He says, be joyful. 
be joyful in trials and tribulations. And with some people, you can tell when they're going through because they walk around with a sad face. They frown. They want everybody to know oh, I'm going through. You know, this is, things are hard and I can't pay my rent. And that's not how we should be as a Christian. What example are you setting? Amen. For people that are watching you. Because guess what? People are watching you. Amen. You may not think they're watching you, but people are watching you. Amen. Hallelujah. More than what you think, people are watching you. If we look at 2 Corinthians 7 and 4, it says, Great is my boldness of speech toward you. This is Paul talking to the church at Corinth. Great is my boldness of speech toward you. Great is my glorying of you. He was, he was bragging on the church at Corinth. He said, I am filled with comfort. I am exceedingly joyful in all our tribulations. So we must be like Paul. He was joyful in all his tribulations. Despite what we go through, we must maintain our joy. Now, when we think about Paul, we know everything Paul went through. All the, the uh, being incarcerated, and uh, Pastor John mentioned this the other day about, are you willing to go to jail for 10 years for something you didn't do for the glory of God? Paul is a witness to that. All he tried to do was preach the word of God. Amen. And if we say that we are Christians, what does Christian mean? It's Christ-like, and we do the things that Christ did because we're Christ-like. Amen. We're to witness to other souls. We're to be an example for them and, and show them how we go through when things are going on, knowing that our God is going to bring us out. You have to know in your knower that God has got your back. You have to know in your knower that it is God who is leading and guiding you. Now, you done prayed and you done made your request known unto God. And you say, well, why am I going through this, God? I already told you about this. So I think about the story of Moses when God told him to go to Pharaoh and for Pharaoh to let God's people go. He did what God told him to do, but Pharaoh didn't let the people go. And God knew that. And he sent him back again. So it's not your way, it's God's way and God's plan. It may not be yes the first time around, but you got to know that God told you. You got to know what God said. Why would he send him and then Pharaoh don't let the people go? Because it was God's plan and it was God's way. It was his method. God had a method to what he was doing. And we need to understand that. He said his thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. But we get so caught up in the freedom he has given us to make the right choices that we just miss God and we leave God out of it. We get caught up in how I feel and how I think and what I think and what I want, me, myself, and I. 
And as I once said to you guys before about the choices we make, they affect everybody around us. Some of us have made choices that have hurt our family, our friends, our neighbors, and we don't care because it's all about me. It's all about me. And so when I think of a marriage, when, when you get married and you're looking, the wife is looking to the husband to be her protector and her provider, he has to really make some good choices. Amen, to be that person that God, that husband that he's supposed to be. But as a wife, you have to make good choices too. And I, I, and I tell my husband this uh, sometime when we get to having these marriage discussions, I'll be like, you know, God is the one that said that you needed help. And I can't change that. He didn't say I needed help. He said, you needed help and I'm to help you. Now, I'm not to tell you what to do now. Don't get me wrong. But I'm to help you. Come on, y'all. Amen, ladies. Give them a hand clap of praise. <laughs> that God can use us. Amen. We're to be a helper and not to tell them what to do. I even know of a couple where the woman beats the man. I feel so bad for him, but what can you do? <laughs> and one day somebody said, Pastor Cheryl, you need to come and say something to her. She out there do it. I said, look, tell him to knock her down. <laughs> and I said, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Can't do that one. You have to pray for people. But as women, we have to know our place. Amen. We're called to be helpers, not to run them and rule them. Amen. And when they make a mistake, give them time to clean it up and get it right. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Tell your neighbor, buckle up and ride it out. Hallelujah. Amen. So we're going to maintain our joy when we're going through our trials and our tests because the Bible says we will have tests and we will have things to come up on us and we got to maintain our relationship with him because sometimes when we're going through things, we even uh, lack in our relationship with God. We stop praying because I don't understand why this is happening to me. This shouldn't be happening to me. I pray and I get my tithes and I get my offering, but who are you? That's why it should happen to you. That's why you're the one. Amen. The fifth character we should maintain while going through our trials and tribulation is to overcome them. We are overcomers. We are conquerors. We are more than conquerors. Amen. So we can overcome them. And let's look at John, St. John 16 chapter. 1633. He says, these things have I spoken unto you. That in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation. Now you notice he said in the first one that in me you might have peace. Because some of us may, you know, get, do things our way and we won't have no peace. But he said in the world ye shall have. It's already set up. You can't change that one. You're going to have them. He says you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer. 
I have overcome the world. Hallelujah. He said, I've told you all this so that you will have peace. That you have peace in your mind and peace in your heart. But here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. But then he says, he, he comforts us and he, he comforts you and says, but be of good cheer because I've, I've overcome this. Amen. Not only be of good comfort, but be of good courage. Have a good heart in it. All shall be well. In the midst of tribulations of this world is the duty and the interest of Christians, those who profess to be Christ's disciples, to be of good cheer, to keep up their delight in God, whatever is pressing them, and keep their hope in God no matter what is coming your way, what is threatening you, and yet always rejoicing. Always be cheerful. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians, the sixth chapter says, Yet we are always rejoicing, as poor ourselves yet, bestowing riches on many as having nothing, and yet in reality possessing all things. When you have Christ, you have all things. You have it all. You just got to know how to possess it. Hallelujah. So get over you and begin to trust God in all things. But you got to get over you. Amen. Romans, and then I'm almost done. Chapter 8, verses 35 to 39. Let's read that. Romans, the 8th chapter, verses 35 and 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake, oh God, hallelujah, for thy sake, we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And because we have Christ Jesus as our Lord, amen, we can go through the, these trials and tribulations. We cannot be separated from the love of God. Who can ever keep Christ's love from us? But who can keep your love from Christ? What can separate you from his love? There's nothing we can do that can cause him to stop loving us. God has loved us with an everlasting love. 
so there's nothing we can, that he, we can do to cause him to stop loving us. But what we do is let the enemy speak to us and tell us that God don't love us. He don't love you. That's why you're going through that. That's why you're looking like you're looking because you know that God don't love you. That's how the enemy talked to us. We got to learn how to turn on our spiritual ears and keep them turned on. Amen. Because the enemy will talk to you and tell you things. And how many know he's the father of lies? I once taught a message about who is your daddy? Who you listening to? Because he's the father of lies. Amen. We have got to learn not to run from God, but run to him when we're having trials and tribulations. The psalmist David said, if we go through, he will bring us into a wealthy place. That's in Psalm 66, 10 and 12. For thou, O God, has proved us. Thou has tried us as silver is tried. Thou brought us into the net. Thou latest affliction upon our lines, lawns. Thou hast caused men to ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water, but thou brought us out into a wealthy place. And a wealthy place don't always mean material things. There's a place in God where we can get to where the things of the world won't deter us won't separate us from God. And the things we go through, the trials, remember, they're not to destroy us. They're to bring us up in him. And how many know as Christians, we should go from precept to precept. You should not stay on the same level. Now, when we talk about having faith, and he said he give everybody a mustard seed of faith. But do you know that's just a start? You don't stay there. Your faith must grow. A seed in the ground grows. So your, that mustard seed is not for you to stay there. Your faith has to grow and grow and grow. And how does that happen? Through the trials, tribulation, trial, tribulation. Because a trial is a test. A tribulation, you may be in it for a week. You may be in it for a month. And then there's some things that God may put on us that won't go away. Because Paul says, now I done prayed to you three times about this thorn in my flesh. But God didn't remove it. He didn't remove it. But we got to get to a place when we trust God. He said that we know that all things work together for the good of them that love God. Now we say we love God, amen? We love God. So we know it's working for our good. But we can't let it destroy us and take us out. We can't give up and we can't give in. Amen. We got to trust that and know that this is God. See, I, I live for you, God, and, and I trust you, God, and, and I spend time with you. But why is this happening? Because of your relationship with God. All God has for us is good. It's all good. You know how we say, it's all good. That's how God feels. It's all good. So I say to you, buckle up and ride it out. Because trials and tribulations are coming. 
It's our portion. It's just we all get a different portion. Your portion is different from your portion. But guess what? You got a portion. And if you haven't been through nothing, keep on calling on God. Keep on getting on your knees. Because time is coming. It's coming. It's got to come. He said it. And we can't change the word of God. We can't change the word of God. Amen. I remember my, uh, the pastor I had, um, when I, the church I had first got saved in, and the pastor would say that, you know, I'm the prophet and somebody else come in and y'all fall all over the prophet. He said, a prophet is without honor in his house. I said, pastor, that's what the word said and we can't change it. I know folks think they could change the word and, and dip and dab and make it mean what they want it to mean, but it's not going to happen. God's word will not return to him void. Amen, because it's his word. We just need to line up with his word and stop trying to create our own as uh, they were teaching at the conference this weekend. This is not a new doctrine. It's the holy word of God. And he told us to be holy for he is holy. God wants us to be a holy people. Amen. Worshiping him in spirit and in truth. So this is not something you're going to continue to play with and fake it and shake it like you in Hollywood. Because it's not going to happen. Because when them trials come on you, how are you going to handle them? How are you going to deal with them? Because you won't be able to fake it then. Because the devil ain't playing. He ain't playing. You can play around with this all you want to. But when that fire come at you, are you going to get burned? Or do you have enough of the word of God to quench the fiery dots of the enemy? I wanted to, I looked at that when I said, uh, I was thinking, I said, well, why did he say uh, the fiery dots? Why did he call it fiery trials? Fiery is consisting of fire or burning strongly and brightly. So you can get burned up. Not literally, <laughs> not physically, but you can lose some things with your relationship with God. That's why it's important that we maintain the right character when going through our character when going through our trials and tribulations. Amen. Knowing that they're gonna come, and then we need to learn to glory in them and be patient in them. And be joyful. And most of all, overcome them. That's what makes us a victorious people. Because we, over, we are overcomers and we overcome the things that come our way. We're able to endure and stand in the presence of God, knowing that he's got us and he's going to bring us out. Amen. We don't give in to temptations. You know, we get tempted with things and, and some of us just give in to temptation. And the book of James talks about us getting into temptation. Amen. So when you, when you build yourself up in God, you know, the scripture tells us in Titus to build yourself up in your most holy faith. And how do we do that? Praying in the Holy Ghost. Don't wait till you get before the people and all you know how to do is speak in tongues. 
He said, build yourself up in your most holy faith. That's praying in the Holy Ghost is building you up. Not that person you trying to minister to because you all in tongues. Build yourself up. Amen. And so we need to build ourselves up. Praying. Studying your word to show yourself approved unto God. Amen. There are things as Christians to bring us to maturity that we must do. And that we have to avail ourselves to the things of God in order to do this. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. So the last thing I want to say, we will encounter much tribulation because it has been appointed to us. We must undergo these trials and tribulations because the word of God said that they would come. Amen. And so we're going to go through knowing that God is going to bring us out. He's the Savior. He's our healer. And he's our deliverer. Amen. So tell your neighbor, buckle up and ride it out. Ride out the storms that come your way. Amen. Ride out the persecution. Amen. Ride out the people talking about you. Amen. Ride it all out but give it to God. Don't you try to fight your own battles yourself. Don't you try to handle it. Let God handle it. Amen. And, and when, we, when we take over is when we want to get on the same level that a person is on. Amen. You want, well, you talked about me. I'm going to talk about you. You shoot my dog. I'm going to shoot your cat. We, as Christians, he tell us to love your enemies. Pray for those that despitefully misuse you. You cannot build your relationship with God fighting evil with evil. Amen. It's through love and kindness have I joined thee. Drawn thee. Amen. And one thing I want to also add, don't get confused and expect people to act the way you want them to act, say and respond the way you want them to say and respond. Because a lot of that I've noticed, it throws us off. Well, they didn't respond the way I expected them. You could go and apologize to the person that did you wrong. They don't say nothing. But you did your part. It doesn't matter whether they accept your apology. You do what God has told you to do. Do you know Christians are getting off track with that? Because, they, you know, somebody, you go and apologize. You know it's okay to apologize to somebody even if you ain't did nothing wrong. Because you know why? The Bible says as much as last within you, you be peaceable. You keep the peace. No, I got to show them. They should have said that. I got to show them who I am. You know, the young people, uh, they have this thing where they can't be talked at any kind of way and all this. You know, when I had my car dealership and I would say, this lady came in there, she was all mad. And I'm like, she was going off about her son's car. My thing is, I don't care what you say about me. This is a business I'm trying to run. I'm trying to make some money. Say what you want to say. People call you out your name. You know your name, don't you? Ask Tasha Cobbs. She said, he know my name. You should know your name. So if somebody call you out your name, why are you getting upset? That ain't you. You know your name. 
These things I have seen people get offended and fall out with because of somebody mis calling them a misname or whatever, you know. Like, you know, when you used to be walking down the street and the man say, hey, miss or honey or whatever, and you go all, get all mad and attitude, I ain't your honey. Just keep walking. Some things, the times we're living in now, the enemy has turned up the heat, and you got to learn how to be on your guard with the Spirit of God. Because he says, if you walk in the Spirit, if you walk in the Spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of this flesh. Because this flesh going to tell you to respond in a way that you shouldn't respond. Amen, somebody. So I say to you again, buckle up and ride it out. Let's get a Lord hand and clap of praise. Let's receive.